Hello, my name is Thomas, and welcome to the podcast British Culture, Albion Never Dies. This is part two of A Deep Dive into Tea. I travelled last week about five hours by high-speed train from just north of Hong Kong to Fuzhou in Fujian province, which is a province in China famous for its tea culture. I met an old friend called Kane, who is an expert both on British culture and Fujianese tea culture. In this episode, we talk about the quality of tea in tea bags as opposed to loose tea. Kane asked me about Turkish tea culture, and we also talk about what different people have with tea. We don't shy away from the big debate: are Jaffa cakes cakes or biscuits? We also touch on tea culture in Hong Kong, Taipei, and Malaysia. You can find Kane's series on Fujianese tea on YouTube, and you can find me on Instagram at Fleming Never Dies. That's the place to go to if you have an answer for our question that pops up throughout the episode. What are biscuits in the USA exactly? Respectfully, this baffled us both throughout our discussion. Listen and enjoy. So we've just now got a new cup of tea. Yeah, we just made a second cup,、um, and I did a much better job on this. <laughs> As I was saying,、uh, I made the last one too bitter. See. The thing is, I mean, besides the fact that I'm not a massive drinker of traditional Chinese tea, and as a result, I don't make it a lot.、Uh, there's also a very different way of making tea、um, in the UK to how you make it in China. So in the UK, what you generally do, as I'm sure you know, most of your listeners will, will know, is you stick a, a tea bag or possibly some loose tea in a teapot or in a cup, and then you steep it for a good. Three minutes,、yeah. you know,、um, maybe even longer. I mean, like my dad likes his tea very strong, so he'd steep it for a very long time. The thing with tea in China is.、Um It's generally a lot higher quality. The tea that we get in tea bags in the UK,、um, it's mass produced,、uh, and it's、uh, you know the producers know how people are going to make it, so they they're not going to they would rather produce a lot of quantity、yeah. which、uh, isn't quite so strong than sort of more concentrated concentrated wrong word perhaps, but more more strong、mm. uh, higher quality tea. Whereas in China, it's the opposite. So in China, we're making tea generally. And again, this really depends on the province, right? Because there's different tea cultures. But let's just talk about where we are in Fuzhou.、Um, in Fuzhou and Fujian, generally, you'd put quite a lot of tea, depending on the size of your teapot. Which usually, again, in Fujian, it's actually a very small teapot, only enough to make sort of one small cup of tea.、Uh, you put the tea, you almost fill the teapot with the tea, and then you pour on the water, and then you let it steep for a very short amount of time, maybe. Fifteen twenty seconds, and then you pour it out. But then you add more water, and you continue this process. So each each tea bit <laughs> that you get、uh, has only been steeped for maybe twenty seconds. But you can steep the tea itself many times because it's very good quality and it's very strong. So the mistake I made、uh, the first time I made this was I steeped it far too long, whereas the one that I've just made、uh, I've steeped for much less time. Oh, this does taste good.、Mm, is that all right?、Mm. So, what's the process of making tea in Turkey? Because I know they've got a tea culture in Turkey,、mm. um, and I'm, I, I know this is going to sound really silly because I'm probably conflating different things. But I, I know there's the the tea culture that you get in parts of North Africa where they use they make the tea by using a lot of sugar and things like that. Is the tea culture in Turkey similar? I know it's obviously not the same part of the world,、mm. but I think well, of the history of sort of. Ottoman Empire. Exactly. So the Ottoman Empire means that a lot of these Turkish things have spread throughout,、mm. often with regional variations. Like look at the traditional headgear of a lot of North Africa and its variants on the fez. Right. Okay.、Um, yeah. It was a relatively late thing for the Ottoman Empire. It was really the reforms 
um, the Tanzimate reforms in the 19th century as they were trying to get more Western. But yeah, the tea, the very, very sweet tea in small glass kind of cups. Yeah. That is the tradition, and of course it comes along on what is uh, basically a tray suspended with a group of wires. Okay. Um, so just as in China we'll often get a Daobao uh, coffee or kind of yeah. a little bag, uh, oh, it's the cup some, comes okay. in the bag. So it does the same job. So you can walk along with it very happily because you'll often be with a group and they'll just dole it out. Um, in so, so it, sorry, it comes in like a like a metal <laughs> takeaway bag, uh, like a metal tray with three wires going up to the middle. So they basically hold on to the top of the three wires. Okay. So as it goes along, you don't spill any. Right, I see. And that's something that they, they would do that in like a restaurant or a cafe or yeah. on the side of the road. Uh, in a restaurant or a okay, cafe. Okay, okay. Uh, cafe's about the side of the road, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, as I say, it's not so common in Turkish Cyprus. I've often had it, say, if I go to Istanbul, and you'll have it from a little kushe, a little kiosk. Okay. And so I'll often get a, a cheap, you know, just a small cup yeah. of sweets. It's very sweet, right? Very, very sweet, yeah. And, and, of course, in the east of Turkey, you've got Kurdish tea. The Kurds are a minority group mm, found yeah, yeah. in Turkey, I- Iran, mm. Iraq. So I knew an, uh, an Iraqi Kurd who was in the UK, and for a long time he was complaining he could never find the right kind of tea. Right. But one day, I don't know, I was, fe- I was feeling more Turkish than usual, um, I had some kind of tea, and he just smelled it and was like, where did you get Turkish <laughs> tea? And it was, it was Earl Grey tea with some sugar in it. Oh, really? Okay, that was exactly it. exactly the same. Ah. Again, Earl Grey has that... Uh, yeah, well, Earl Grey is... Um, it's flavoured with, uh, like, is it uh, lemon rinds? Something like that, right? I don't know what goes into it, but it is some yeah. kind of, yeah, citrus yeah. flavour. Um, so, yeah, if you want some traditional Middle Eastern tea... Just get some Earl Grey and sugar, yeah. <laughs> In fact, we could probably uh, touch on Earl Grey, because I know that, again, outside of the UK, when many people think of traditional British tea, they think of Earl Grey. I think that's mostly down to the incredible marketing done by, by Twinings, because... Um, <laughs> And also the product placement into a Bond film recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because actually, again, in the UK, um, for most Britons, Earl Grey isn't that popular. Mm. As we spoke about before, uh, it's really just plain black yeah. tea. That's that's the real thing. Um, you know, certainly, let's say my family, who are just a very, I'd say, normal British family, none of them drink Earl Grey. You mm. wouldn't find Earl Grey in, in any of my, uh, my parents' um, cupboards or anything. So, yeah, in fact, the most popular brands of tea are, like you said, Tetley's, Yorkshire yeah. Tea, um, and they're all just plain black tea. Uh, so Earl Grey is one of those things that is very popular outside of the UK and I think many people believe it to be very British mm. and it's not to say that it isn't or that there aren't British people that drink it but within the UK it's very much a minority drink. I think it's quite a colonial British drink as well. So there's a certain set in the UK perhaps where this would be more common. A bit like a gin and tonic feels like a very... Maybe yeah but again I wonder if that's uh, life imitating art. Mm. You know what I mean? Because uh, a lot of that, like I said, it's product placement in like Bond films and stuff like this I wonder if that's because of advertising because of yeah. popular culture people have been led to believe that it was the more co- or a popular tea um, in the colonies but I don't know I haven't looked into it I'm not saying yeah. it's not but I, I don't know if there's actually any historical evidence to back up that idea mm. and whether or not Earl Grey would have actually been more popular it's than the history of popular imagination right? yeah exactly like yeah. The Victorians were not drinking the Tetleys that we know today exactly yeah it's um, so uh, I, I don't know, but I know that in modern, in, in the modern UK, it's it's not that popular compared mm. to just standard black tea. Is is there any reason you think why the Turkish have that such incredibly sweet tea? Uh, general taste for just very taste? sweet things, yeah. Um, and of course, with the coffee, it's incredibly bitter as we would drink it. Yeah, you'd have it with lokum, Turkish delight, which is incredibly uh, okay. sweet, and you'd also have it with a glass of water. 
Right. Um, so you have those, they said three vital items. In some places, they've offered me nuts instead. So Turkey is where a lot of the world's nuts are grown. Yeah. And apricots. So just like Fujin here is where so much of jasmine comes mm. from. There's one place, Malatya, in Turkey, where a huge proportion of the world's apricots come from. So much so that in the city, quite a sizable city, just from the mountains all around, when the apricot trees are in bloom, you can smell apricot everywhere. Wow. In the yeah, city. that's awesome. So I'm top. It is on my bucket list. <laughs> ah, okay, I haven't got uh, it in there. It's quite an article. So you would get fresh apricots or like dried apricots? They'd be dried. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, because Turkey is so, so um, great for growing any kind of foods, and most of the Middle East is not, it exports to all mm. surrounding regions everywhere Turkish dates or Turkish apricots. <laughs> Join pilot and adventurer Fernando Pino as he takes you on journeys to discover exciting destinations across the UK and Europe. You'll fly with him to hidden gems and experience local culture, from bustling streets to serene hideaways and the best places to eat, sleep and play. Travel Plans is more than a podcast. It's your ticket to exploring the world and its history with a friend. In this episode, we are flying to discover a beachside paradise perfect for the whole family. Discover golden sands, activities galore, and even free childcare so you get your own break too. <sighs> Why am I still here? It's popular. Okay, that's great. I, I, so I just remember something. It's not really related, but um, I remember reading about uh, Alexander the Great's conquest into that part of the world. And... Um, Obviously, at that time, the only way to sweeten your food was with honey, right? Yeah, where Alexander the Great, obviously in Europe, we, we didn't grow sugar canes. And when he first encountered uh, sugar canes, I've always loved the way he described it. He said, it's a plant that makes honey without bees. And I always thought <laughs> that was an incredibly beautiful way to describe uh, what, what sugar cane is, you know? Um, Alexander the Great, who at the age of 33 wept, we had no more worlds to conquer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit older and I now have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does put, put it in perspective, right? Um, perhaps we could talk about, uh, now because you were saying that in, in Turkey, you know, with your coffee will come Turkish delight, mm. or perhaps apricots or something. So, um, food that British people would have with tea. Again, the main thing to remember is that British people drink tea like Americans drink coffee any time of the day, with or without food. But um, if you are going to have food with, with tea, as in not part of any sort of meal or not just a drink by itself, the most common thing would be biscuits, right? Mm. The various kinds of biscuits. Of course, Americans call them cookies. We do use the term cookie in British English, yeah. but it refers specifically to a chocolate chip biscuit. Yeah, it's right? sweeter, right? So biscuit yeah. is fairly... It's not so sweet, right? Well, I'm not sure because you would certainly call, say, uh, a hobnob a biscuit. And a hobnob's oh, sweet, okay. a ginger biscuit. A bourbon, right? I guess, as a well. A bourbon's very, yeah, a bourbon's very sweet. I think it's more, well, I think we call, we call the whole things biscuits. Mm. We use the term cookie, but as far as I can make out, we only use it for things that have chips of something in it. So okay. a chocolate chip cookie, right, yeah. would be the most common one. I'm thinking in Yorkshire, we've got the fat rascals, so they've got bits in it, but there's not chocolate, so it wouldn't be called a... Yeah. Yeah. It's, again, it's an interesting one. I know Americans use the term biscuit, uh, and although I've been to America, I've got American friends, I can't remember exactly how it's used, but um, I do, it is for more savoury things. Also, I'm pretty sure they have, I'm sure your American listeners are going to be shouting at what I'm trying to think about, but they, they have some sort of dish that they call a biscuit, but I think they eat it uh, with like a meal, like with meat or something. One of my great joys is that in an office with loads of Brits and Americans, we've also got Americans from different parts of America. Ah, yeah, of course, who, who call it different things, yeah. right? Yeah, which is the same in the UK, right? There's a the big... America's the West Coast. 
That, right. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I work with Americans on the East Coast, so sometimes my, my absolute certain knowledge about the US is dead wrong to them. Well, you have this similar debate uh, in the UK with what to call a bread roll, or a bread bun, or a bread bar. <laughs> and it was really funny because recently one of my Chinese colleagues asked me, what, what is a bread roll? And all of, in my head I just was remembering arguments I've had with people from Manchester and Newcastle and I was like, I don't want to go scone, down this road. Scone, yeah, yeah, scone. Oh, yeah, God. Um, you drive six hours in Canada and, and you start to reach the end of your province. You drive, you know, two minutes in the UK. The accents have changed Exactly, twice. yeah. Bread's called something different. <laughs> yeah, for, for such a uh, relatively small island we do have a diversity of um, mm. accents and dialects. But, um, so with with snacks to go with tea, yeah, biscuits would want absolutely be 99% of the time if somebody offers you something to eat with tea, it is some sort of biscuit. And something which I didn't realise wasn't well known outside of the UK is that we always, or not always, but very often dip our biscuits in yeah. tea. And a lot of people I've noticed didn't know that and had never done it before. And that's really surprising to me because it seems so natural to me if I had a biscuit and some tea you know, I, I wouldn't not dip them together, right? <laughs> there, there was some even some serious scientific research. Yeah, the best ways to dip. Yeah, there was. I remember that about the best biscuits like to dip into tea, how long you should hold it. Um, but if you, I was surprised to hear that many people hadn't done that. If if you're listening to this and you drink tea and you like biscuits, please try dipping <laughs> those biscuits in your tea. You will. It's a whole world of of taste that you have, have yet to discover. So, um, yeah, that would be the most common thing. Uh, certainly, you know, when I used to go to my grand's house, the first thing she'd do is make a cup of tea, bring out a, a, a plate or a box of biscuits, and we'd just sit there dipping our biscuits into our tea. Um, what's your favourite biscuit for tea dipping? Bourbon. Yeah, bourbon, bourbon biscuits. Uh, I can go with ginger snap. Okay. Um, bourbon biscuits, for those who don't know, are kind of like a chocolate sandwich. Yes. Would be the best way to describe it. Um, it's it's kind of quite hard. Mm -hmm. the, the two sort of sandwich bread, what you might... Yeah. How would I say it? The, two, the bottom and top layer are quite yeah. hard and they're made of chocolate. Well, they're chocolate flavoured. And then the, it has the inside is a kind of creamy chocolatey thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, bourbons dip really well. I really like uh, hobnobs. Okay. Yeah, hobnobs are a kind of oat biscuit, and I find again because they hold up really well. You want something you can sit in your tea for a while and let it soak up all of the the milky tea goodness, right? Yeah, digestive biscuits as well dip pretty well. They do. They do, and there's rich tea, I think, when I liked as a kid. Yeah, I'm not a big not fan so of rich now. tea, no. Rich tea biscuits, which you'd think would be great for dipping in tea, yeah. actually, they don't stand up very well, do they? If you if you sink them in tea for a bit too long, they'll just drop out. And... I've got to tell you, there's a piece of news that I thought was amazing, so I gave to my Chinese students. They didn't find this funny at all. I've got to tell you. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Cars water biscuits. The factory was closed a few years ago mm -hmm. because it was flooded. <laughs> okay, yeah, the, the irony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, that's brilliant. These are biscuits made with water, tonic water, instead of milk. Right, okay. Um, so they're quite flaky. So okay, I'm not sure I've had them, to be honest. No, no, they're, they're often with cheese, so they're kind of cheese crackers. Right, yeah. Than, uh, yeah. Uh, is that maybe what Americans think biscuits are, crackers? I don't know. You're, uh, if, sorry, if American listeners, please please <laughs> message uh, Tom, okay, well, Tom and let him, let, yeah, let him know. We're, we're not trying to um, be disrespectful of your, your eating well, culture. Totally but I am. Just, just for the record, I am <laughs> disrespectful and I regularly am. Yeah. Uh, but we, we're not 100% sure. What is it that you mean when you refer to biscuits? When we refer to biscuits, we're talking about what you guys would most often refer to as cookies. Whilst we're in controversial areas, I have to ask mm. you, are Jaffa cakes? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a big one. Um, so, uh, for your listeners who don't know, Jaffa Cakes are a kind... Well, see, I'm going to say a kind of biscuit, so you've already, I've already answered you. Jaffa Cakes are a kind of biscuit, but they have a sponge bottom, which is cake-like, and then they have a sort of hard 
crisp chocolate top, and but they're the shape and size of biscuits. I think they're biscuits, and again, I think the reason is perhaps because you can dip them in tea. Oh, right. You can't dip a cake in tea, right? You couldn't get a, a slice yeah. of cake and dip it into <laughs> tea, it would be impossible. Um, whereas you can always dip a biscuit in tea. I mean, even, even biscuits like rich tea, which aren't so good for doing it, you can yeah. do it. So I'm gonna say Jaffa cakes are biscuits. Uh, that, again, your, your <laughs> listeners might not be familiar with that. That is a big debate in the UK about, because they're called Jaffa cakes, but for all intents and purposes, they are biscuits. So there's a debate about whether or not they're cakes. case over this, because it gets into taxation. I heard about that, yeah, because Biscuits and cakes are taxed differently. Um, so, I, I, I'll be open. I go with what the judge said. Right, okay. Um, so, a cake goes hard when it goes off, and a biscuit goes soft when it goes really? off. Really? Is that how they defined it? That's what the judge said. Okay. Uh, I realised there were many arguments. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what interesting. I take away from this whole, whole hmm. situation. Okay. What about an ice cream cake? That melts <laughs> when it goes bad. So, oh, well, who knows? We, it's, we, it's ice cream, clearly. Yeah, we, we could spend... Uh, it's a dessert. Yeah, we could spend all day on that. So, um, back when you were in Turkish Cyprus, mm. were you the... Uh, were there many other British families there? Uh, so when I first went, the collection of, I think, 200 Brits, most of them were former colonial officers. So when you went out to, say, India or East Africa, yeah. Cyprus was the last place with fresh fruit before you carried on to, okay. say, the Red Sea. Right. Um, so a lot of them had it as a heavenly image. And, of course, I mean, one gentleman, he was approaching 100, and there were a lot of them who were wow. over 100. One lady I met had been out to Africa. Her husband was a missionary and had gone out into broadly uncharted territory with a hundred black bearers. Uh, one gentleman was a constitutional lawyer, uh, I've talked to you about him yeah. before, but he helped write three African constitutions. Okay. So this was the time yeah, that he yeah. went out. Um, Interesting people, I'm sure. So my parents were the young people. <laughs> yeah. As a teenager, uh, I was the... <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so that's largely why I got kind of identified as the Englishman. Or right, the I see. And that was yeah. my kind of that's interesting. So those um, those people then who uh, many would say were very stereotypically mm. kind of old, uh, old, old yeah. British, if you know what I mean, um, were they were they tea drinkers or were they coffee drinkers? Because they, they were living in this you know great place for coffee, but they came mm. from a tea culture. What what were they mostly? So mostly tea drinkers, but many of them have been to Kenya, and Kenya mm. was very much. Um, place to go. It was always thought to be one of the happiest right. colonies you could go to, one of the places where the Brits and the locals got on the best, yeah. and the coffee culture is a big part of that, so the Kenyan mountain coffee was very popular okay. as those who've been in Africa. Kenya is also a tea-growing uh, region though, isn't it? It is. Because the, the British took, took tea there as they did to, to India, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but both existed, but I'd say tea was the dominant. Mm. Uh, but largely as you described, milk some people would have it without milk, actually with lemon, so perhaps these are the groups, but again we have the fresh citrus Maybe, yeah, right? yeah. So. Oh, that's actually really interesting, um, just made me think about how tea is drank differently. If you go to um, Hong Kong, as, as you obviously do very often, the, the way that, uh, of course in Hong Kong you know, there's all sorts of ways of drinking tea because um, Hong Kongers are not only from Hong Kong but they've, they've come from various places in mainland China, um, but the, the Hong Kong way of drinking tea it's basically based on the British way of drinking tea, yeah. which is uh, black tea with milk. But, of course, there, uh, there aren't many farms in, mm. in Hong Kong generally, and there isn't a great availability of fresh milk. So they actually use condensed milk, yeah. right? Um, and they do the same if you go to Malaysia as well. The, uh, the Malaysian way of drinking tea is, is black tea topped up with a dash of condensed milk. So um, I'd never had that until I went to Malaysia, which was uh, quite a few years ago now. Um, but it's very common across these sort of former 
former colonies in this part of the world where there wasn't a tradition so much of farming cows and cows that were farmed were farmed for meat or to work on the fields right yeah. they weren't farmed for milk production um, and as a result they imported this condensed milk and that's what they used for making their tea and it makes um, I'm not a big fan myself it's a bit too sweet for me mm. um, but my, my father was born in Malaysia okay. I say they're the colonial backgrounds um, so he was brought up there and then as a young kid lived in Egypt, Yemen and Cyprus was the first place really where they had cows Right. Okay. Um, but they didn't have them where the family was living so they travelled once for the whole day at that time the infrastructure was you know, less all over the world yeah, than yeah. it is today so they made this great long trip to see cows on a farm <laughs> wow. and to have fresh milk which of course for my grandmother she's from Wales, of course this is what she grew up on yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a great exciting thing to give the kids milk and of course they're kids and it's they were not too happy at having this thing they'd never had before yeah, of and course, it was warm yeah. and it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, I mean and yeah just fresh milk by itself I suppose especially if you were used to something like condensed milk which would be much sweeter it's very good for kids right um, but yeah if you if you do find yourself um, in in that part of the world Hong Kong Malaysia definitely try some of the local tea as it's made with the condensed yeah. milk it's it's an interesting drink it's a lot more filling as you can imagine mm. than than you know a normal cup of tea you I, I wouldn't want to have too many glasses of it but it's worth trying regional teas I mean we're in Fujian which is quite close to Taipei mm. and in Taipei the bubble tea is the most famous yeah this is um, and it's become hugely popular now in, in the mainland mm. as well which is the uh, and also very much so I've heard in America somewhat oh. in the UK but I think in America it's really caught on and it's they call it milk tea mm. I think we would describe it as a tea latte because it's, it's like a small amount of strong tea topped up with yeah. entirely with milk and then of course with those tapioca balls uh, and yeah it's become very popular with young Chinese people um, again I'm not a big fan myself um, and it's you might not argue you could say it wasn't really traditional but it's very popular here I mean if yeah. you right where we're sitting in the moment if you if you walk downstairs you'll see many 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 uh, milk tea shops I've had it made for me in uh, Taipei but Due to the milk allergy, they made it without the milk. Ah, okay, that's so interesting. They just had those funny little balls. The tapioca balls, yeah, it. yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they've, they've expanded, right? Um, you can. Many of these milk tea shops will now offer a variety of different. I'm not even sure what you'd call them. They become sort of just like soft drinks, really. Soft mm. drinks with bits of tea in it. Yeah. <laughs> is the best way of describing it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, is the soy milk drink popular here? So in Shenzhen, there's uh, a hot soy milk drink that you dip bread in. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, you can get that here. Yeah, uh, a hot. It's again for breakfast, like you're saying. Mm. It's it's popular, but um, soy milk is not used as a substitute for milk in the way yeah. that it really is in in say the UK for people who have mm. milk allergies. Um, but yeah, people do drink bean milk. Uh, but usually, it's, as you described it, it's served hot as part of a breakfast um, combination, which you know you could dip your bread, your yaoqiao into, yeah. or something like that. Because you have had it cold, so getting it hot, yeah, piping hot, like a cup of tea, was quite a... it's quite interesting, right? <laughs> so, Kane, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Um, so. The best place probably is to go to my YouTube channel, um, which if you just go to YouTube and type in Videos by Kane, and Kane is C-A-I-N-E. So Videos by Kane, I will be the first result. And if you do do that, um, I suggest you watch my mini-series that I made about uh, Fujinese tea. I made it with a local film studio, and uh, basically I went and prepared a kind of Fujinese-style afternoon tea, uh, which involved me, you know, finding some tea and visiting a, a tea um, processing plant, and also learning how to make a, a traditional snack, and then getting a lacquerware tray to drink my tea from. So if you want to learn a little bit more about the tea culture of this uh, province and this city in particular, um, you can do that by watching that series, which you'll find on my YouTube channel. Just go to Videos by Kane.
on YouTube, you'll get it. Oh, I'll put a link into the show notes. Great, I'm just driving the tea farm. I was wondering how what does it look like, so we can just go and see. Yeah, well, the, in the video, I, I visit a jasmine farm, not a tea farm, ah. but I visit a tea processing plant. Mm. So yes, well, <laughs> yeah. So, cool. I'll have a look. Is there anything right. else? Uh, that's it from me. Thank, Thank you very much for inviting me back on, um, and I look forward to the next one. Thank you very much. A pleasure as always. All right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>